0: get ready to ride along for another exciting episode of no driving gloves where derek john and will will use over 75 years combined industry knowledge to bring you a bare knuckled view on the collector car hobby so let's get rolling we're here for another wonderful episode of no driving gloves how are you guys doing tonight doing well fantastic nothing big nothing exciting happening in the world
1: Uh, Just rain. Tropical depression's hitting the Gulf, so, you know, we'll get hammered in the next day or so.
0: Makes for a nice, wonderful, what, 90 degrees and 110% humidity in Alabama.
1: That's right.
0: Well, I think we uh, discussed and we were going to explore the wonderful world of trucks. I think we'll go all the way back to little wooden-bodied things that were kind of coach-built, all the way up to wondering why people are paying $100,000 f- for a pickup truck to use as a tow rig because it's fancy,
2: but, John, because it's oh, fancy.
0: It's cuz <laughs> my tushy's comfortable in that leather with air conditioning.
1: <laughs> are y'all making suit. fun of me already?
0: <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> the, the only option my old F150 didn't have was the refrigerator.
2: So.
1: <laughs> I have a good explanation why we spend seventy thousand dollars for a tow rig. Because you're in it a
2: long time.
1: <laughs> yeah. When you drive from Alabama to California, air-conditioned seats are really nice.
2: Now, do you have the optional, uh, um, you know, toilet stall in there as well, or no?
1: Yeah, it's called a uh, Mountain Dew bottle. Nice.
2: No, you you learn you learn after many nights
0: on the road. You don't choose a Mountain Dew bottle, preferably a Pepsi. <laughs>
1: you just you just got to mark it with a sharpie. Mark the lid, you know. <laughs> I, and actually, then the dr- I so actually the driver gets
0: mad at you when he turns a dome light on while you're checking.
1: <laughs> I actually prefer the uh, Frappuccino bottles. <laughs> they have a little wider mouth. <laughs>
2: So, uh, we're trucks, right? We were going to talk about trucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah, trucks. Here we go. <laughs> how about this? Uh, how many of us I, – I drive a, a 2010 Ford F-150 um, as essentially, let's call it, one of my daily drivers. Um, do both you guys – I know, Will, you've got a truck. I know, John, you've had trucks in the past, but, you know, do you, do you both have trucks currently?
1: Yeah, I have a uh 03 Chevrolet 1500 short wide bed that is essentially my daily driver and a 2016 uh 3500 uh dually uh Chevrolet that we uh we pull our trailers with and and do a lot of parts chasing and stuff like that with.
0: Now, I I got rid of my la- I had a um I go through cars so fast, I apologize. I had a 14 F-150 for a while, and it's become a uh, Ford Edge Sport right now because it had cool wheels, and I was getting my oil changed. So <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's what I'm driving now, and we might go to back to a pickup truck. I seem to go every other car is a pickup truck for some reason.
2: The most important time in life to get a new vehicle is at an oil change or when you need new tires, I'm just saying.
0: It's, there you go. <laughs> well, oh, what car the F150 I had was the first car in my life that I ever put a second set of tires on. Wow. So, and and I'm a stickler on bald tires, so yeah, I I you know, like I guess I I usually get a new car about once a year. It's an expensive hobby, but it's cheaper than cocaine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Have you ever just put a pair on a vehicle no you need to learn how to uh massage that uh, the brake pedal and the gas pedal and have a little fun every once in a while
0: I have rotated tires before (laughs) and the uh the Ford Edge I have I I did put a set of tires on it too but it came with these really soft Pirellis and they're 22 inch factory wheels which is no longer available from Ford because those tires hurt to buy
2: Oh yeah. You know, Will yeah. Will rotates tires too. It's just usually at like seven thousand RPM sixty, seventy <laughs> mile an hour standing in one spot.
1: So. You daggone right. You're you you're to see our driveway at the shop. <laughs> it looks kinda like a drag strip. <laughs> well,
0: I've had one car I've put two clutches in, but not tires. That was One of my first manual transmissions I owned.
1: I would hope it would be one of your first ones.
0: (laughs) Oh, back to trucks. That might actually be a lie if I think about it, because when I bought my 03 S10, I bought it brand new with the intention of reliving my high school days and making it a lowrider. Within the first 500 miles, I had dropped it and bought a set of American Racing Torque Thrust 2s. Put those on with some tires. So I guess there was a set there too, but I never did really wear out the first set. When I sold the truck, they went with it. So
1: we'll give that one to you. You had never wore out a set of tires and then replaced them on a vehicle.
0: Yeah, I just replaced the vehicle. Yeah. Just replaced the
1: <laughs> Oh. So you know, one of the things that that is kinda interesting to me is how trucks have evolved from being strictly a work vehicle you know i mean it's all they that's all they used to be and now i mean look at us we all drive trucks i mean you, you can't you can't go to the grocery store and half the vehicles in the parking lot are trucks you know they're just so, so comfortable and practical and
2: there's all that room in the back for groceries
1: that's right that's right
2: well uh, with my f-150 yep. it
0: was a four-door uh lariat and i had it's now sold by Ford as a factory accessory. The hard tonneau that folds up into three pieces, best tonneau I've ever owned on a truck. Made it a watertight bed, and driving that around, it kind of, my thought was it was a grand marquee. You know, there is no full-size four-door vehicles that will comfortably seat five or six, and the truck's kind of taken that place, and you put that hard hard bed cover on it, You've got a nice sized trunk. You've got a comfortable vehicle to drive. You know, part of part of I think the reason trucks have went the way they have is the market doesn't provide anything. I mean, even a big Cadillac's a tight car for five people. So that's true.
1: That is true. And you know, so many people have you know extracurricular activities, whether it's kayaking or camping, or you know, you just throw everything in the bed of your truck and and go, and you don't care nothing about it
2: collecting classic and antique cars and yep. having to, you know, pull a trailer and haul a bunch of parts around and go, you know, go random places every other weekend and find some new part or new car to bring home. That's right.
0: I don't know how people live without a truck, having one so often. With the, the SUV I have now, I did go out and I bought you know one of those utility trailers from one of the big box stores, and I hitch it behind it. It'll tow to, to, you know, a whole 3,500 pounds. The truck will, or the SUV, will tow 3,500, and the load height's easier. But you've got to have something like that, it seems, in today's world of do-it-yourself. You want to do a, a project at, at home. Uh for the wife, or you wanna build yourself a new sofa or anything go to go to the lumber yard. The furniture stores even require you anymore a lot of them we bought a uh i can't remember things ninety eight inches by ninety eight inch painting for our entryway, but the furniture store wouldn't deliver it. We had to go pick it up and you're not gonna do that with an avail
2: <laughs> no. Why does anyone need a 98-by-98-inch 98 98 painting? That's my question.
0: When you build a shop in the backyard and the girlfriend says she needs a 98-by-98-inch 98 98 painting, you don't ask why.
2: All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, and and something else is, you know, 15, 15 years ago, you know, there wasn't a lot of people restoring or or hot riding that many trucks i mean now good guys has has its own class they have a truck of the year early and a truck of the year late um you know i I bought two pickup trucks uh, in the last couple of weeks to to build restore uh make a hot rod out of them sell whatever you know i just bought them because they were a good price and you know the the c10 chevrolets are man it's, it's crazy how hot those trucks are right now
0: i've got a friend in northern alabama He he's flipping c10s like crazy it's kind of the bread and butter of his shop he's always got one in there that he's doing something to because as soon as it's done it sells in a week there and that's the square body c10s that's not even going to the the uh what do I, the 60s era which Again, we're hot, but I might disagree. You know, granted, good guys just introduced their, their categories in the last decade, decade and a half. I think pickup trucks start, started to be cool. You've got to think back to some of the, you know, the early Dodges from the 50s. What was it, the style side that they had that was kind, kind of a cool truck and jumped 20 years ahead. You had the Little Red Express, which was the first, you know, cheat to the emissions laws. And that's where pickup trucks have been, as they've been a way to, to skirt the feds, I guess. Because in 70, it was, yeah, 78, Little Red Express was the third fastest vehicle in the quarter mile sold in the United States. The Ferrari 308 and Porsche 928 were faster than it, and then it was a pickup truck, because it was that 360 police interceptor with Ram Air. That truck existed, and then we had to jump to the late 90s when Shelby started to tune them, Dodge built the Convertible Dakota because of the uh, sport truck era. We had the, what, 454SS, the Mm -hmm. Cyclone, the Typhoon, Mm -hmm. and that really launched this sport truck stuff that we have. I think, you know, people started to get into the SUVs because the cars got small and the pickup trucks were kind of the natural way to go because there was some utility to them. They didn't... For years, they didn't have to meet the same crash standards. They didn't have to meet the same EPA economy standards. So they were a way for the manufacturers to build something to skirt those laws. But even with that to skirt, they the public wanted the bigger vehicle. If the public wasn't buying them, even though they were cheating the law, there nothing. You know, there's no denying that the general public decided we wanted trucks, and Americans want trucks.
2: Yeah, you know, that's completely, I kind of think, what happened, you know, and and it's interesting, you know, a couple of us, you know, or maybe all of us, I can't remember what Will said, we've all owned Ford trucks, you know, Ford F-150s. Will, I think you said you had a Ford at one time,
1: didn't you? Uh, I think I've had one Ford truck. It okay. caught on fire. Not, I would
2: say not on purpose. <laughs> not on purpose. Okay. <laughs> no. um, but you know, you go, you go back in time, and well,
1: one, uh, one new Ford truck. Sorry. Oh, there you go. I've, I've uh, had okay. some, I've had some older Ford trucks.
2: Yeah, yeah, but you go back in time. It's, it's interesting because, and, and of course, Ford is, kind of always been that best-selling truck in America. That's, that's one of their big deals. But they're really the company, Henry Ford is really the person who introduces the truck to the general kind of public, you know, life and culture in America with the Model T and the Model T truck. You know, there's actually a, a Model T pickup that's, that's created, and that is really the first truck in American history to be something that the general public is purchasing you know the farmers or you know contractors at the time that need something like that all of the trucks that were really built before that are your heavy duty commercial you know trucks for big industry one one and a half two ton all the way up, I mean, there were six-ton trucks back you know, in the early days that companies like White Motors was making. There was a company called Sandusky Trucks and Garford and all these different big truck companies, but they were building them for industry and you know, big businesses. And it, it took Henry Ford kind of with the Model T idea of a car for the people to get a truck out for the people as well
0: but the model T truck if i remember correctly was a kind of a late introduction in the model T model or model T model run. Yes, um,
2: yeah, that is pr- came out later.
0: Prior to that, I mean, he saw the demand because people you could buy a kit to convert your Model T business coupe or your sh- or whatever, i can't remember what Chevy called their vehicle at the time to a pickup truck that the the common man, the everyday person could use. And Henry Ford was the first, really, I think, to to react to it with something that was affordable and you could buy off the showroom floor. You know, Ford's kind of run with it and developed it, trying to trying to think back. We got a uh, it's a Chevy that's converted into a a depot hack, which is kind of the original type full size van to move people around. I think it's you know it's a good point that you know Ford started it and ran with it for a while and everybody followed suit you know there's i've seen photos of even packard converted packard pickup trucks and tow trucks and things all through the ages but they were utilitarian vehicles and very sparse vehicles into the 50s and even the 60s and 70s they were built as work trucks i guess it again thinking Was it 76 or 77 that Ford introduced the super cab? Which, again, brought the truck to more of the everyday person by giving them a little bit of extra cab space. Did Datsun beat them to that in 72? I'm trying to remember that. You know, they they had the little king cab that was like eight inches longer, but Ford was the first one with that longer cab. And I think then Chevy beat them to the uh, crew cabs or the four-door trucks. So
1: i mean i know i'm not exactly sure when air condition become an option for trucks but you know i know we've done a we've done a 72 super cheyenne that was a factory air truck um that had to be a i'm, sh- I'm pretty sure that was a pretty rare option in in 72 for a pickup truck to have air condition
2: yeah i think from i think it was mid mid to late 60s that a lot of trucks you start seeing air conditioning and my uh I have my grandfather's old 67 uh, Chevy. It was a truck from out west, uh, California, Arizona area, and it's got a factory air conditioning system on it. So, you know, it's it's right around that mid to late 60s, I think, that we start seeing that air conditioning come in, which, again, Creature Comfort, which is aiming more towards, you know, making this more family-friendly vehicle, I th- in, in my opinion. Um, when you start adding creature comforts like that definitely definitely
0: well there has to be the consumer demand and maybe it was the site foreman that demanded the air conditioning in his truck and he didn't care about his laborers and stuff but yeah air air conditioning's worked its way into everything but as you go through and watch the trucks develop they do get a little bit more plush and a little bit more plush but I think so did the cars, but they they always seemed to lack behind the cars until, you know, I really want to say into the 90s. I'm trying to remember the 87 Dodge I had. It it was still a pretty basic vehicle, I mean, compared to what you would get in, say, a, a LeBaron or a you know, K-Car LeBaron of that year. You think of what a, you know, a Ford pickup was in comparison to comparison to a Taurus at that time. You know, I'm trying to keep every man car, every such. But now if you go out and you look at an F-150 or a Ford Fusion, the F-150s, and not, even an XLT trim, I won't say XL trim, but XLT trim, is probably feels like a more solid car than a Fusion.
2: Yeah, and I really do. I think it's my kind of tipping point as kind of an automotive historian at, from that angle of it trucks and and kind of becoming the family usage vehicle is right around the mid-90s, I think it was 94, you know, Dodge Ram came out with the new body style, you know, with the, the lowered fenders, the high hood, but they did something interesting and they introduced the third door uh, opening extended cab, which allowed for easiest, easier access like a back door into the back of the truck. You move to the quad, you know, the, the four door, you know, quad cab style uh, pickups, and I really think that's when we see a tipping point to the truck becoming really even more and more family friendly and, and family oriented.
0: I remember early '90s with the customizing that the one of the I say '88 and newer Chevys I don't know remember that was done by Burt Reynolds, that was sold with the four door and a custom bed on it. And Because I always thought it would be cool to have a Suburban and cut the back off and make it into what basically became the Avalanche 15 years later. Uh, But in, in 94, my father bought one of those restyled Dodges, and I had a 96 or a 97 long bed extended cab as my daily driver. I had the year before they introduced that third door on the back, kind of a suicide door. And that really was an option. I wish I had. I think you're right. That's when they started to really become practical. And then by the early 2000s, the the crew cabs came in. Dodge did a restyle where they didn't really have two, a four door with two full size doors on each side. It was a door and a three quarters of a door. Now now there's so many cab configurations. It's it's unbelievable. It's it's hard to keep track of them.
2: You, you know you, you talk about crew cabs though, and especially you know a lot of, a lot of the trucks now are the full four-door crew what we'd call crew cab trucks. I got a beef with them, which is I, I don't get them because the the box is just so small. what What's the use? Now you, you get that big of a cab and you have that little of a box and it just to me the the practicality of the the utilitarian use of it is gone.
1: I, I agree 100%. Yeah. My, The last truck that I had that was a four-door, I, I bought a three-quarter ton just so I could have a regular size, you know, full-size bed. Uh, I wouldn't buy a four-door 1500 just for the sheer fact of, heck, you couldn't get nothing in the bed of the truck. I mean, if you needed a full sheet of plywood, it's going to hang over. So I elected to buy a three-quarter ton just so I could have a full-size bed.
0: And when I bought my 05 Dakota, which was a, a four-door, I didn't think I wanted a full-size truck. That was the most annoying feature of that truck was it had a 5-foot, 5-inch bed. It, and and everything I own is 5-foot, 6-inches, it seemed. There you go. And I swore I'd never do it again, and I traded that truck at a time when gas was $4 a gallon, if we remember those wonderful days on a yeah. new Ram 1500 because they were giving the things away at that point in time that had the four doors and a 6 foot bed and it was so nice and then I had that truck for a year or two and then went through some other vehicles like usual and then I bought the I guess it was it was a 12 F150 not I think about it because I own two different 12 model year cars so funny but bought one at the beginning of the year one at the end but had that one, and I made the same mistake with a five-and-a-half-foot bed. But that, again, was the most annoying thing because everything I wanted to transport wouldn't fit in the bed. When I was doing that oil oil change and stuff and I ended up buying the Edge, I had about a month prior priced buying the new 2015 re, new body style F-150, and the dealer said, oh, no, we, we won't stock any with the six-foot bed, but that is an option, but you've got to order it and you can get a four-door with a six-foot bed but it makes the truck so long they're hard to drive around in the city at least makes the truck
1: usable that's right yeah i had a uh i had a a narrow bed s10 uh not long out of college and I, i told myself when i got rid of that truck i'm like you know what i will never own another small truck and definitely not a narrow bed small truck I mean, it was it was used which it was so, so low to the ground it was pretty well useless anyway but i mean you couldn't put nothing in the bed of that truck
0: yeah mine was a standard bed and at least a little bit usable but go back to when i had my little red express which was you know a step side bed again and i was moving which as we discussed recently i, I have a lot of stuff when i move and A couple buddies came over with their full-size bed pickups, you know, full width, and you go, well, that is a pretty dinky bed when it's like that. You do notice that really quick. Yeah,
2: I had a 1998 Dodge Dakota extended cab during college and just after college. Same thing, you know, just, it worked good. I mean, I, I hauled a lot of car parts in that truck, hauled a lot of different things in that, the bed of that truck, but... You know, it was very clear that, that a full-size truck, a full-size bed, is just so much more convenient when you're dealing with a truck.
0: You know, the Dakota is an interesting truck in, in the, the world of trucks when it came out. Because, it, you know, originally came out in 1987. We had an 87 with uh, my father's corporation with a standard cab 8-foot bed on it. And it was bigger than the S10s and the Ford Rangers of the day, but it wasn't quite a full-size truck. And it made sense to the market. Now the market's changed where there is no mini truck left. So everything's went to this mid-sized truck, but the Dakotas went away. The Rangers went away soon to return. Why would you go out and buy a Colorado or a Canyon that's a little bit smaller, gets the same gas mileage as the big truck, and costs Almost the same amount. I think at one point in time, there was a market. You know, the mini trucks were extremely hot, especially for, I think, me and Will. Me, I guess I'm 10 years older than Will. I had my, you know, mini trucks in high school, lowered and convertible and V8 swaps and all that fun stuff that we used to do. And Will and I went and relived that 10 years ago with our S10s. And I've got friends doing that now, buying Nissans and stuff to relive those days. But once those days went by, everybody was into that full-size truck. You're right. Dodge radically restyled their truck. Ford did a nice progression. Chevrolet has done a nice progression. When they, In 88, when the Chevrolet restyled from the square body to the more aerodynamic truck, that really softened the pickup truck and made it look less like a work truck, which, again, may have helped that move to the everyday consumer rather than the contractor.
2: Yeah, and I you know you you talk about something interesting which is you know what the market is is wanting. And I guess the question becomes right now, yeah, you know, with the Colorado being out and becoming pretty popular from what I'm reading and hearing and the the reemergence of the ranger, what looks like it's going to be reintroduced pretty soon is the market moving back to the the medium-sized truck you know the the smaller what we in a gm family would call the s series truck the small series truck you know is is the reason we're seeing the resurgence and, and the rebirth of these trucks is that suggesting that we're going to see the market move to that
0: and in, in my truck use and my truck demand like i said i, I went from a full-size f-150 to a, a ford edge and I get by with a small trailer. I could easily deal deal with a smaller vehicle. My girlfriend drives a Mini, and then we have a Velocitor also. She likes that smaller car. She was always, she wasn't comfortable in a bigger car. She's always grown up in small cars. So I think there's a market for that. We've all been at the grocery store or one of the big box stores, and you've got the driver who can't park their Escalade or their F-150 or, you know, their Dodge Ram.
2: or their, I do that so I don't so. get door dings. <laughs> so you're that guy.
1: <laughs>
0: but the nice thing about having the Mini is I can usually still park next to you and still be
2: in my spot. Yeah, but... <laughs> but you're but, the guy at the big yeah. box store that we see out in the parking lot trying to cram a refrigerator box in the back <laughs> of it.
1: And plus you're driving a Mini. <laughs>
0: There's nothing wrong with a mini. A mini is a wonderful car with a ton of room in it. And I've heard, and I don't know personally that even Penn Gillette for years drove a mini. and And we know how big. I mean, Pen Gillette's like six eight or something, and he's a big man. I now know he I've now heard he drives a Nissan leaf. he's is an odd man, and I'm sure it's very comical, which goes along with his
2: career. But yeah, but the problem with the modern Mini is it's like two times bigger than the original Mini. The whole the whole purpose is kind of gone. No, the, the modern
0: <laughs> Mini is two times bigger than the Mini they sold five years ago, which was already three times bigger than... <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's still an intimidatingly small car to drive down the road or next to that person in that F-150 that should probably be in, as you said, an S-Series pickup truck or or such but but we're americans we like it big and we we love our what i don't even know what are we paying for gas now two dollars a gallon two fifty about 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 two two
2: two bucks a gallon yeah Mm -hmm. sorry for your california listeners yeah yeah we've got the resurgence or reemergence of the mid you know mid-size pickup the whatever we want to refer to it as how about the emergence of the all-aluminum pickups like the new Fords. What what are we what are we feeling about those?
0: I don't think it matters again what we feel. It's now those are up for fuel economy standards and while Chevrolet is running ads showing how bad the F150 does in a work situation and social media is full of pictures of how bad F150s look after crashes, rumor has it by 19 or 20 Chevy's going to have an aluminum pickup. They're doing it to save what you know save weight, and I think I'm not a metallurgist, but I think you can build just as strong as a truck in a, in a crash, and that's all they care about is crash. They don't you know you really don't care about vehicle repair. you care about the, the occupants surviving to go out and buy another truck to re, you know, replace the one they totaled.
1: I mean, I think they need to have it as an option to be honest with you, because you know, if I have an option for an aluminum bed. Or a steel bed. I, I'm going with a steel bed because I'm, you know, I I use, we use our trucks on a regular basis. I mean, mine's sitting outside with half of a pecan tree cut up in it, you know. And I wasn't easy <laughs> throwing them in there. Um,
0: but what is your bed inside? You have a Rhino liner? Do you have a plastic bed liner? Do you, or, or do you just leave it painted steel?
1: I just I just leave it alone. I don't put anything so. in them, and then when you get ready to sell them you 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 rhino line them (laughs) (laughs) so that's that's how you you do that (laughs) well at
0: least at least you use your truck as trucks you know so many of them are you're always told if you don't have a bed liner in when you trade oh you should have had a bed liner i i never put a bed liner in them either i take a little bit more care but i don't care if i scratch it or such but started to use the plastic bed liners with an aluminum bed you've reduced the rust i mean granted you can still get aluminum still does have corrosion issues i think you end up with just about as strong of a bed granted if you are taking a bobcat load of bricks and dumping it in aluminum bed to a steel bed i think the ad might be semi-accurate with that you you might damage the bed a little bit more
2: but I think, I think it does go back – the reason I, I threw it out there, I think, is because it, again, goes back to the fact that – this is in my opinion, and you guys can you know, agree, disagree – but it goes back, again, to the fact that the, the pickup truck, especially the 1500 series, the 150 um, series, has become more of a personal-use family vehicle – than any type of work truck. So, you know, again, it's it's going back to, it doesn't maybe need to be as strong or as, as durable in some situa- work situations, Ra- you know, crash test, all that, it's safe. But they're not, you know, it, maybe we don't need to worry as much about somebody dumping a ton of bricks <laughs> in the back, you know, off of a bobcat. Uh, you know, and I think that's that's kind of what my opinion and my view on it is is that you know it's just showing that the truck in some ways is is looked at again more as personal family use
1: yeah definitely you know americans have gotten kind of soft over the years you know people don't do as much of their own work you know they'd rather sit on their couch and play video games and watch tv and pay somebody to come out there and do it so i mean there's a lot of truth to that
0: Ford with their the introduction of the new F F two fifty which is designed more for your your work person now that's now an aluminum body truck too so yeah. they're they're just going that way I mean you can save a thousand pounds I mean you get a better performing vehicle and we'll touch on this a little, little bit Ford's you know seems to be obsessed with making you run two point five three point five liter turbocharged motors in their their vehicles granted the F two fifty is a little different but does that help help the vehicle perform more to that five liter V eight standard, as opposed because it is a thousand pounds lighter and it does aid into the fuel economy. I, you know, I just think I think it's a losing battle. Everything's going to go aluminum because it makes again it makes a vehicle lighter and makes makes for better uh, EPA numbers, and that's what that's what drives the market anymore. They they have to build to the, these unobtainable laws. So.
1: Well, it's also a lot easier to shape aluminum than it is steel. So they're saving money on their dies and everything else when they're stamping these panels. They're not going to have the die repair. Um, they can probably make them out of a, a, a cheaper material just because aluminum is so much easier to shape than sheet metal as well.
0: Now that is a good point that the production costs could be low in th- these pickup trucks, are the highest profit vehicles that most of these manufacturers sell.
1: Yep. I know I've I've, I've attended uh, SEMA for the last, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years in a row. Every year, what grows the most is the sport truck aftermarket showcase out there. The first year I went out there, there was several trucks outside. And then every year, there's more and more and more and more and more and and last year the whole i think it was like the north side of the parking lot outside was nothing but trucks they have their own haul dang near half of sema is sport truck stuff so you know that could be helping you know drive the market as well is is the aftermarket having so many different options for every truck out there to to personalize it and make it their own
0: i think the aftermarket's driven by the market though if people are buying the trucks the aftermarket's going to follow suit i mean yeah you go back to the 70s vanning was big so i'm sure there were a lot of van companies out there with porthole windows and shade carpeting which <laughs> yeah. don't, don't exist now we've we've talked recently a friend of mine uh, building the nissans talked about making it a convertible truck because he always wanted a convertible truck back in 90 i had one i paid 100 bucks then for my kit and he told me, oh, the same kit's still available. It's $399 now. And like you said, nobody's buying them. No. So there's, I mean, there's not that many people making convertible pickups anymore. As cool as they are, I want to go on record
2: saying that.
1: <laughs> oh, so Model A Roadster
2: are. pickups. Just saying. There we they go. were around in the 30s and they were pretty
1: sweet.
0: They started then. you can pick up a Dakota convertible for four grand.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got a Dakota convertible, too.
2: <laughs> I, I detect jealousy in that voice. I, I was picking up sarcasm, not not jealousy. <laughs> subtle differences. Oh. you know, but I, I think it's interesting, you know, going back to what you had, had talked about a little bit ago, John. Uh, you know, it's it's the, with the aluminum end of things and, and the market is going towards it for fuel economy and, and you know, weight savings and all of these things. It's interesting to see it happen, you know, in, in some of my you know, research I've done in my career so far. You know, in the teens and 20s, there were a lot of tests going on and, and kind of experiments going on with aluminum in the trucking industries and there were some truck companies playing around with casting the various components of the sprung and unsprung parts of the chassis in aluminum and running them on their trucks to you know see how the how they would hold up under the weight loads under the you know stress of of the turns and and all these things and, of course, at the time, aluminum, you know, the idea of aluminum and alloys of the aluminum, just the, the, the technology and the science wasn't good enough to really do great aluminum um, that was strong and really, really solid. And, you know, it, you know we finally have the, the technology and the ability to do some really cool things with some really, in the end, much more durable and, and safe aluminum.
0: I was gonna ask for the third episode in a row. Was I gonna say it's it's you know nothing's new today that hasn't been tried in the past? Exactly. L- aluminum in the early 1900s was a pre- almost a precious metal. Um, I think it was trading for as, uh, close to the value of gold. It was just it was so hard to process and so hard to come by, and you could not get the pure aluminums that we can get today and and work with and the the structure I mean I get confused all the time when I'm working with aluminum alloys do I want 3032 do I want 1100 do I want you know 6062 it, it's just I've always got to go look at my notes what what do I want what am I making uh what am I going to shape we're talking about the major manufacturers with with their trucks and their full size and you know they keep getting bigger and bigger and there's this kind of underground market i don't know how many of you pay attention to i'm gonna call it the kit car replicar industry but there's a guy out there as a company called smith performance uh he was formerly as one of the partners in factory five and he's had a very popular conversion kit the last couple of years he started with Volkswagens, where you could take a, a rabbit or a jetta and kind of cut up the back, and for this $3,000 kit, make it into a, uh El Camino mini pickup again. He's now expanded the line to uh, include the Dodge Charger, and he. I just saw pictures of his, uh, he's doing like an Audi A4 conversion. I don't know why he doesn't do it, like something cool like a mini. So there seems to be, he sells these kits, I mean, kits that, I'm being asked to cut up my car, paint my car, do all this work myself. In my opinion, he's b- selling these kits pretty briskly. I, I can't remember what the numbers are. He makes a couple hundred kits and sells them three grand a pop, but he sells out of every, every production run. Is there a movement back to the smaller pickup, or is that just a cool thing to do?
1: I've I've seen a couple of those, and they're actually they're actually really pretty cool. You know, I mean. Does it give you a pickup truck? I mean, not necessarily. I mean, you could still haul more in the back of that than you could if it had a trunk, you know. Well, for um, me,
0: for me and my woodworking hobby, it gives me the ability to run to the lumber yard, get a couple of boards, or you know, run to the store and grab buy a saw and throw it in the back, and you know, yep, it's exactly. a little little bit more use. I think he took a big hit with the uh, diesel dieselgate scandal out of a Volkswagen because. You know the little TDI Jetta with that pickup truck thing would have made for a heck of a
1: vehicle. Well, and, and, you know in Australia they're still making Utes. You know. Yeah, yeah, I and mean, that's
2: that's yeah. I was going to mention that. You know, it's it's interesting that the the American market versus the Australian market where you have the Ute. Yeah, you know, we had the Ranchero, we had the El Camino. They're gone. Uh, had the
0: Rampage. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, and you even had the uh, the Subaru. Uh, uh, what was that? The the Baja that was the uh, no, style. The, the Brat,
0: the Subaru Brat with the uh, two seats in the back.
2: Yeah, or, I think so. Well, oh, years years. Th- th-
1: I think the Baja was a it was, as well. It was the ba- it was yeah. the Baja. Yeah, it was the Baja. Yeah.
2: The
0: Baja was yeah. the the recent four door one. I was thinking yeah. of the one that that had rust problems from the late seventies eighties. Yeah, it had a oh, little. Oh,
2: little t-tops in it and things yeah but it's interesting that you know uh, one market can bear it you know and and have great success i mean even even um uh holden which is you know part of gm's Mm -hmm. australian line had a ute i don't remember the name of of the holden ute that was being built but you know there's an american company with an australian division I yeah. believe
0: Ford also builds a Ute in Australia, but we we saw what happened when they tried to bring the GTO over, which was really a, a, a Holden or the uh,
2: the Monero. Com- let's not <laughs> yeah. let's not let's not talk about that. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's just steer clear of that whole thing. I have a lot of opinions on it. <laughs> that can that be I, for another show.
0: <laughs> that that can be another show, but I think the mar- You know, the market's there. It's just. It's all economies of scale here, and it already failed. So, do they want to risk the money in bringing these things back? And, you know, General Motors has a way of, okay, we'll do it. And then they take what we ask for and change it to Americanize it. And we didn't ask for an Americanized version. We want what was there. Let me ask one of the, I just had this conversation recently with a, uh, friend about the Raptor, I'm somebody who liked my little Red Express. I love the SRT 10 Ram. I like lowered vehicles. I have no need in the world for a lifted 4x4. I'm never going to run the Baja, but if I could have a Raptor, even with the 3.5 EcoBoost 6 that you know I can tune to 600 horsepower and sit the thing 4 inches off the ground, why won't anybody build me my truck? where's my two-wheel drive hellcat yeah
2: <laughs> hey you never know it might be coming but i i will i will say i'm i grew up in michigan um grew up in the north and uh if if i could have a raptor in my driveway tonight i'd take it uh you know lifted four-wheel drives i've got a soft spot for them.
0: <laughs> i grew up in uh illinois and i drove home one night in my night here here's one for you guys 1980 ford courier with a step-side bed with a 231 V6 in it that we decided to lower one day, and we took the springs out, and my buddy, who ironically is building the Nissan now, said, what do we want, two or two and a half coils? We chopped two coils off, and good thing we didn't go two and a half because I only had about an inch and a half of ground clearance. Plowing snow with that thing. (laughs) So you can get around with your two-wheel drive overpowered you know, pick up.
2: I, I didn't say you couldn't. I just said you could look cooler in a lifted four wheel drive. <laughs> Nothing we, is uh, nothing's
0: cooler than the guy stuck on the railroad tracks in his low rider.
1: We uh we plowed some snow in a two wheel drive K five blazer in Kansas in the early two thousands too.
0: <laughs> late late nineties, I believe that was.
1: Yeah, Yeah, late
2: nineties, <laughs> yep. So you guys, you guys just love giving your age away, don't you? <laughs> hey,
1: yeah, but John's when, you're got-
0: t- wait, when you're 26 and you look as good as me.
1: <laughs> well, John, John's got 10 years on me. We were just in college at the same time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, when I get my and- AARP card,
1: I- I'll be buying. <laughs>
2: John, John's just going to claim that, that Will was a very
1: advanced student. advanced it i don't know we won't go there
0: (laughs) i was a student but advanced is not the correct adjective
2: (laughs) Uh, Uh, so we all agree trucks are pretty cool we like trucks and it's going to be interesting to see what the market does with the 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 truck in america
0: I don't think there's any stopping the truck market. They keep getting nicer. They keep getting plusher. They are, like I said earlier, the luxury car of of the world or of America today. Cadillac didn't have decent luck. Lincoln didn't have decent luck with the super luxury trucks. But why would you want one with a Lincoln badge when you can go buy a King Ranch with, like Will said, heated and air-conditioned front rear seats with massage and refrigerators in them and i mean you can get a truck any way you want it and if you can't you can buy it and somebody will sell you the parts to make it the way you want it
1: well you know we hook up to our 48 foot trailer we throw through two cars in it and you know we drive to las vegas or or you know california from alabama and we're not wore out when we get there you know we're going through east texas with the or west texas with the cruise set on 80 miles an hour and you know we're kicking back and enjoying the ride and you don't have to fight it it's just smooth sailing and you know and and not getting bad fuel mileage so yeah there's there i don't think there's any stop in the truck market you know and it's uh it's a it's an easy way for us to pull our cars in, in a comfortable way
0: I think even if we get $4 a gallon gas again, the market will correct itself for a year or two, but we'll get used to paying $4 a gallon for gas and the truck market will pick back up because this is America. We want bigger and we want comfort, we want you what is it? America. It's,
2: it's and when and gas prices it. and when gas prices get to $4 a gallon, I'll be driving my 61 Falcon a lot more. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, when, when gas gets four, fuel gets four or five dollars a gallon, is that going to bring in uh, an electric truck, maybe?
0: Well, GM already has hybrid trucks, yeah. or have played with the hybrid trucks.
1: But like a thirty, and, and- like a thirty-five hundred pulling a trailer. I mean, are are we going to progress that quick where we'll where we will see that?
0: I want to say we will see it in our lifetime our expected lifetime. They're already working with aerodynamically designed electric semis. All of it's trickle down. If they can do it, if they can do it in a rig and expect to get go cross country or even two, three states pulling eighty thousand pounds, there's no reason that I wouldn't, or I would say you wouldn't see a thirty five hundred Chevy that was electric. It's just going to be a really, really hard sell for the first hundred thousand of them or so. Oh yeah. When you're in the middle of uh, West Texas and nothing's around you for 100 miles but rattlesnakes and scorpions and your batteries go dead is when yeah, you're towing, you're towing.
2: Common theme, you know, no one – you know, it, it's hard to get people to trust new technology. There's always that barrier to break. So, you know, but I, I think you're right, John. If, if we can prove that a semi pulling a 53-foot trailer with however many thousand pounds in it can make it across – three, four states, whatever they can figure out, I don't see any chance that we wouldn't start seeing pickup trucks that are electrified, full electric vehicles that are able to pull, you know, Will's 48-foot trailer that he just mentioned, you know, get him to Texas comfortably
0: why it's not in the RV industry where you put the electric motors on the wheels and you have the electric system and you have an onboard generator that you know is charging and the, the vehicles are electrically operated guess yes you still have a gas generator but you it seems to be efficient in the locomotive industry I don't know how it would play out in the uh, real world I'm not that much of an engineer and I've never put pen to paper to see if I could convert a Prevost to electric
2: just, so. just going to throw it out there, but that's the way a, a, a number of the early hybrids at the turn of the century in the early 1900s were actually done. I've, I've mentioned in some of our other episodes, or one of our other episodes, uh, uh, Ferdinand Porsche's Semper Vivis. If you get a chance to look that up, it's uh, you know, two gasoline single-cylinder engines in the, the body of the vehicle, and it's, it's electric hub motors that are driving the vehicle. And it's you know it's it's a whole hybrid setup that, setup that he designed. You know the uh, Riker Andrew Riker here in America played around with hub uh, motors um, in some of his electric vehicles. Uh, there's there's actually a Riker electric truck um, that played around with some of that technology back in the early 1900s.
1: Wow, that's cool.
0: So I guess we didn't decide whether or not or discuss the collector car hobby in relation to trucks we just discussed trucks in the real world and they're going they're gonna be they're collectible they're cool today you can do a heck of a lot with them
2: hey you know what why don't we just do part two next week on the collector car world of trucks just carry this conversation on good with that we might see if that happens or where we go but at some point we definitely will revisit
0: trucks i mean there's a a lot to haul in that pun intended
2: <laughs> i've seen so, a poster that said something like that i only can think of a volvo
0: ad with a lotus and that but uh, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm not very creative at this this late hour so late it's not late yet uh you're not I'm as just old. getting
2: started you, right. got,
0: you guys aren't as old as me you know i had dinner at four o'clock i'm getting a little bit hungry
2: Ooh, early bird special
0: <laughs> you bet I'm cheap. I don't throw anything away, and we well, just determined I was old, <laughs> and now I'm
1: depressed. Hey, we'll, we'll come up here and work second shift with me, and uh, we'll have fun.
0: Why would I want to work second shift? I try not to even work first.
1: Well, I said have fun. Do you know what that is, John? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I think for I think for John, I was gonna, <laughs> for for John fun. I'll leave it at this. For John, uh, fun involves wood.
1: That's all I'm going to say. (laughs) (laughs) So I
0: guess we will wrap it up about here. We're a little bit longer than we normally want to run. I I think we've definitely discussed the viability of trucks and uh, acknowledged in our opinions they're here to stay. So unless anybody else has closing words, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. I guess that means there's no closing words help fund this podcast. You know, we're doing it for fun. We're doing it. If you enjoy it, throw a couple bucks our way. We'll check us out on Patreon. We've got different reward levels there. Some of those would be personal consultations that kind of go along more with our labor rates. They're kind of aggressive goals, but there's also entry level, and you can get one of the first edition No Driving Gloves uh, stickers or t-shirts, depending where you go. Just wanted to mention that, get that out there. Of course, we're on iTunes, Google Play, uh, said YouTube YouTube. i think i've got we've set up on soundcloud so we should be out there for you to listen to anywhere i think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for this evening and we'll talk to you later if you have questions or comments email us at noDrivingGloves@gmail.com. at gmail.com be sure to subscribe to no driving gloves using your favorite podcast catcher follow no driving gloves one word on facebook or instagram and most of all please check out our page on patreon where you can help keep our tires rolling